0: let us turn to the king almighty god we come before your lord realizing we need to hear a word from you speak now lords for your servants are listening oh lord i pray let it be all of you lord and none of me use me lord as your vessel to preach and teach your word lord you have the message may i be your messenger to your people we pray amen If you join me again in the Bible, if you have the You Bible version, you can uh, join us on the live event right there, and it'll take you right there to the text and give you some sermon notes and notes you can add on for yourself. Uh, Coming from this Old Testament book, Haggai, uh, the second chapter, looking at verses uh, 1 through 9, looking at Haggai's second message to uh, the people Uh, I want to just highlight to us uh, the last verses in this pericope. If you turn again to Haggai, uh, second chapter, verses 1 through 9. If you join me towards the end, uh, looking at uh, verse 8 and verse 9. Reading from the New Living Translation, the word of God says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord's heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Oh, praise God for his word. You may be seized to take your secret to announce this, please, to your neighbor. Tell him, is mine Amen. Help, help me out to tell your other neighbor. Tell them is mine. is mine. And if you want a sub a subtitle for this, you can tell them also. Tell them your ladder will be greater. Amen. Here we are again in this great text. Of Prophet Haggai, again speaking again to the remnant. Of course, speaking to the leaders primarily first. You see that right there in the text to the high priest to the governor. Uh, Than to the remnant of the people, but what he has, he brings up to them in this great message from God. He asks them, "Who here remembers? Who here remembers the glory of the past temple?" And and then and then look how he he kind of concludes it. He says, "This current place is like nothing to it." I want to ask you on this morning that if you are standing in your present and looking in your past, what do you see? Oftentimes, our present does not compare to our past. Think about how people say so many times, I wish we could go back to the good old days. Things aren't like they used to be. That's why, because we wax romantically about things in the past, but truth be told, the past was not as good as we remember it. But we look at it both with glass eyes and, and soft eyes that we seem to look at it by only one perspective. We see only the side we want to see. Just like in a fishbowl, when you look in a, in a glass bowl in a fishbowl, you only see one side of the side. And sometimes they put cardboards in the back of it to make it look pretty. But if you took out that cardboard, you might see a whole bunch of dirt and gunk in the back that need to be cleaned out of that fishbowl. But if you just look on one side, oh, everything looks good on, on this side. How is it that? Think about it for a moment. I think about this all the time, definitely when it comes to politics and, and, and the politicians get up and they start talk about how things used to be in the political situations. And I start thinking about, well, if they go back into those days, uh, those days a lot of people couldn't vote. Uh, women couldn't vote African Americans couldn't vote. So how is it? It was way better then. so what you're saying. Right. Right. But that's not what they're saying. Technically, some of them not saying it, but some of them saying like it was good back then. We need to have our government structure back then. But back then uh, it was not as good because those people not able to have rights just to go into one bathroom. Uh, they couldn't go in the front of the movie theater they Had to go up on the side, up to the balcony of the movie theater. Side note, throw this one for free. My father said that he loved going to the balcony because that's where the air conditioner was. But in the process of when we look back in times, we look back and we say, you know, things were good in the good old days. Many of us have legends from the good old days. Oh, I was the best high school player ever. I scored this many points in a game. I w- did it all with one hand tied behind my back because it was hurt. You know, we have all kinds of stories uh, uh, that make us look good because we have fine memories. Or How about the time that you think about something, you go to it, and it's not as big as you remembered it to be? Because when we were children, things are such a grand and large scheme in front of us that you remember that the grade school water fountain, you had to get on the step stool just to get up on the water fountain. But when you go back to that same school, you found out you got to bend over now. It's not as big as you remember it to be, but your memories give you five memories of the good old times. of. of so here we are, these men and women are standing before the temple. God asks, who here remembers the past? And it says, some 66 years later, so if there's anybody here, must be just a few that remember what the temple looked like. They were just babies at the time. And so at the time, definitely being a baby, coming into the temple, oh, it had to be grand. Oh, you know Solomon's temple was grand. Did you not know that? That Solomon's temple was so good and so big and so grand that people traveled, other kings and queens traveled, just to look and talk to Solomon about the temple. Many of us look back romantically into our past. But yet... Oftentimes, in our present circumstances, just as them, because, you know, their present circumstances, they're standing in front of ruins. The foundation has been laid, but the temple still stands in ruin. And since the temple still stands in ruin, they can look back and say, man, can it ever be as good as it once was? Watch out, somebody. Sometimes in our lives, it hinders us from moving forward because we start thinking, can it ever be as good? As it once was that we we romanticize how things were in the past that we never move forward because we're trying to go back. You can't go back. You have to move forward. And if things were good in the past, just think about it. And things are not good in the present. uh, Then you got to think about how can I make it better. In the future. And so here we are. God is trying to help them to look in their, pre- to stand in their present and look at their past and help them understand that I'm going to move you into a greater place. Y'all see that there. The past temple was well received and, and glorified and God's glory filled this place. The people were encouraged because the temple represented that God was with them. And since God was with them, they knew nobody could ever overtake them. And, and so many times they would go into the temple and bring out the Ark of the Covenant and march the Ark of the Covenant out in front of them. When they go into battle saying, we got the Ark, that means we got our God. And since we got our God, oh, we will have victory in this war. But now the Ark is gone. The temple is gone, can it ever be as good as it once was? And so God is letting them know. Look at verse 4 of this second chapter. God let them know that he's able to do a new thing. He points out to them. Now, y'all see the but? But now the Lord says, be strong. He says it to each group. He says, be strong, Zerubbabel, be strong, Joshua, son of Joseph, be the high priest, be strong, all ye people still left in the land. Why? Why be strong? Why be strong? And now get to work. It says, so he says, be strong for y'all get to work. For what? I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's Armies. Look at this now. He's pointing out to them. y'all looking back at the past and you're looking how things used to be. And, and currently things are not as good as you would like them to be. So why should you even bother moving forward? Well, God said, look, here, I'm telling you to be strong, well, be courageous and know that I am with you. Now, what is it saying here? And the evidence looks like God is not with them. How's the evidence look like God is not with them? Because the temple is destroyed. Since the temple is destroyed, where is God living? I went over somebody said, let me slow it down. Let me bring it back. Let me see how you look at this. They built the temple for God to dwell in the temple. And since God blessed and dwelled in the temple, that means God was with them. But when the temple was abandoned and destroyed, it means that God was not with them. But currently God is with them. But the present circumstance looks like Mm, 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 mm. That God is not. Well, let me help somebody to understand that people could come around and they can look at your life and it could look like your life is in trouble. Your life is in shambles. Your finances are right. Your health is not right. It looks like you're in a bad situation. You're in a bad condition. You're in a bad place. But that's what it looks like. What they may not know. If you don't have the time to tell them so, is that it may look like my life is in trouble, my finances are out of order, my health is not as good as I would like it to be, but I want you to know one thing you're not looking at. I'm looking up. And I look up to the hills which cometh my help and all my help cometh from the Lord. God is letting them know, look here, look up to me, be strong, be strong, be strong. Why? Because I gave you a work to do and know I am with you. What does it mean that I am with you? God is letting them know my spirit is in the midst of thee. y'all see that there? He's pointing out to them as they stand in the present looking at the past. They're letting you know that presently I'm still with you just as I was in the past. Isn't that good news that you can look back in the past and things might have been good in the past and you want to go back to the past, but yet God is letting you know you can look in the past, but you can be here in the present, but also know if I was there then, I'm going to be here now. And I'll be there in the future. That's why we get excited. He's the same God today as he was yesterday, and he will be tomorrow. He's the everlasting God. He has no limit in time. And so he's pointing out to them, look here, go ahead and work on this. Stop worrying about how things used to be. Start thinking about what you can do now. He told them, get to work. Get to work. Why, why should they get to work? Because I am, I am with you. I am with you. I'm going to bring you up. And so therefore, since I am with you, be strong in the Lord and in his strength and in his might. That's not familiar. Ephesians 6 uh, and 11. I'm sorry. Ephesians 6 and 10. Be strong in the power of the Lord and his might. Even Paul writes this to them when he's telling them. I put on the whole armor of God. God is letting them know through the messenger that, look here, the enemy is trying to stop you. Your circumstances look like it's, it's not going to be easy for you to get it done. But be strong. Why be strong? Because I am With you. Look look how God confirms them. Verse 5. Because my spirit remains among you. Just as I what? Promise. Oh, glory. It's a beautiful thing that God can let you know that my promise, my covenant is true. I think about it definitely how. You know, people always hold people accountable, and definitely little children do it all the time to the parents. If you say something, that's a promise. That's a promise. If you say you're going to go to Disney World, you promise me we're going to go to Disney World. You didn't say, I promise you I'm going to take you. to just say, we're going to go to Disney World one day. That meant I promise that I'm going to take you to Disney World. So mom and daddy, every summer come, you promise they hold on to what you are saying. And the thing is this, that we know that we can't make a promise and always keep it. But God's word is his bond. What he says, he means it, and it will come into pass. And he says here, just as I promised you. When did I promise you this? When I took you out of Egypt. Y'all see that there in the text? Oh, glory be to God. My spirit remains in just as I promised you when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid or do not fear. As we stand in our present looking at our past, let us remember what God's brought us through. I want to highlight, when I look at this text, and many times I've, I've read this text, and many times you see this in the Bible that God tells them how He brought them out of Egypt. But God highlighted something for me to grasp for us today. When did they receive the promise? When they were out of Egypt. hmm Egypt represents a place of oppression, a place of bondage, a place of slavery, a place of idolatry. They were not in position to receive the promise while they were in Egypt. It's when they got out of Egypt. Mm -mm. Some of y'all still haven't caught on to it. Uh, How can you be free and enjoy freedom when you're locked up? They were locked up hoping to be free. But they could not get it until they were brought out. How is it that many of us think about it in our lives that we want to get free of some addiction, but we get all the trappings of the addiction all around us? Oh, I'm going to give this up, but I don't want to flush it down the toilet. I I want to give this up, but I'm going to keep her number in my phone. Y'all quiet on me. We want to be free of stuff that we're still holding on. God realized that in order for me to set you free, I gotta bring you out of the things that's holding you back. So the promise came when they got out of Egypt. And what was this promise? Exodus 19, chapter verse 4 and 6 says this, you, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. Y'all see that there in the text, the promise that he gave to them that you'll be my own possession. You'll be my royal priest.er You'll be my holy nation. Why is that? Because God has taken possession of them. In order for somebody to have possession of something, they got to be present. And he's pointing out to them, I will be with you. God holds his word to the point that he points to the past. And look closely here. This, this possession, this covenant came not here with Moses, but with Abraham. So look in the past, some some thousand years ago, God made a covenant with them, and he's pointing back to the past. Look here, the ones standing here, they weren't in Egypt. They don't know about this. They were not with Abraham, but God is pointing back to them, saying, if you stand here presently, looking back to the past, you may see that the temple may not be as glorious as it once was, but if you look back a little bit further, that I've already claimed you to be mine. I understood y'all going to mess up. I understood there's going to be some problems, going to be some heartaches, but yet I understand, that I will keep my promise and my covenant all to those who obey me and fear me. Rewind. Look back in the text. When they received the word the first time, it says they obeyed him and feared him. Then God blessed them. Now he's still in the blessing business reminding them again. Anybody here glad that God keeps on reminding us how good he is? He reminds them again.
1: Be of good courage. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. Go to work and know that that I am with you.
0: And since I am with you, there's no reason to have any fear because I'm going to keep my promise. My promise is that you will be my people. And not only, check this out, not only is my promise to be with you, my, my, uh, sorry, my promise is not to uh, always to keep you as my own possessor, but my promise also is to be with you. And he says, my spirit will still abides with you. reason why we have no fear because God is present. God is present. God being present means that his power is there. And since his power is there, who dares to fight against God? Since his power is there, there's no need to fear the enemy coming against them. Since his power is there, they can be strong and of good courage and be strong. And, and whenever I think about this power and the strongest I think about many times in lives, in our lives, that how we became emboldened when we saw a loving face to back us up. Anybody ever been there before? You were going somewhere and you just needed someone else to be there to back you up. You just looked up and they saw them. You said, oh, I think I can make it. They made it here. It had to be a whole entourage. It had to be one person to show on. And they showed up. You said, you know what? I, I might run my best today. You know what? I might do wellness spelling testing. You know what? I might get this job today because you showed up. Just because you showed up. Another illustration I think about how we become emboldened when somebody shows up is I think about how a child is scared. But yet, when mommy or daddy shows up, they just brighten up. My mommy and daddy's here. So, whoever's messing with me now better watch out because mommy and daddy is here. And they will say what's wrong is right. How oftentimes, right, they are so happy when mommy and daddy show me, somebody's got my back. They're going to protect me. They're going to provide for me. Do you understand that God is going to protect his people? And so he's letting know that my promise is that you are my possessor. And understand that I still remain. here. since I still remain here, who dare mess with you? With God for us what? Who can be against us? And so we see here in this process is that the Lord is pointing out to us that I've got great plans for you. And if you allow me to take possession of what is mine, mm, you'll start seeing what I can do in your life. Y'all catch that. And so look what God is pointing to them here again. Stand in the present. You can look in your past. As you look back in your past, you can you can reflect on what God is able to do. He's able to do a new thing because let them know you're looking in the past. Right. Nothing's going to compare to that great Solomon temple you had in the past. But yet I am not measuring you on that. Oh, glory be to God. Because they might have thought because Solomon made it and they called it Solomon's temple. They might have replaced God with Solomon. But God's reminding them that that's my temple. And my glory filled this place. Y'all see that there in the text? Look at verse 6. He says to them, for this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I will again. Y'all see that again, right? Shake the heavens and the earth. The oceans and the dry land, I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought into this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Y'all see that there? God is showing us that when we trust him to do what only he can do, he's going to show up. And when he shows up, people take notice. He says, again, I will shake the heavens. And the, uh, and the water and the dry land. Let me highlight something here to you because this is something bigger and grander than what has happened in the past. The last time God showed up to them in Exodus, you know what shook just the mountain? Mm-hmm. It was just the mountain that shook. The, the mountain shook as he was speaking. It was thundering and rolling. And they were fearful. They said, God, that's enough talking to us. Can you slow it down and just talk to Moses? Oh,
1: they said it was too much for us. Oh, when he showed up, they understood trembling and fear, like, wait a minute, this is God. He showed up. God says, again, I'll show up. And so, look here, not only is he just talking
0: about a mountain I'm going to shake, but he says, I'll shake the heavens. I'll shake the earth. I'll shake the oceans. I'll shake the dry land, which points to us and may a glimpse to us that we might be talking about when Christ comes back again. Ooh! just think about that for a moment. Christ coming back again and the earth will shake. Many of us have been in Peoria all our lives. And and so if you've been in Peoria, you suffered an earthquake at one point in time. And that earthquake might have shook your beds a little bit. But yet we've seen on TV that great earthquake that happened, I believe it was in 1988 in Oakland, California, during the World Series and, and everything around that place just collapsed and fell down. But yet still wasn't just the whole earth. Imagine the whole earth shaking. Woo! Because of his presence. But cast this, cast this. But when the whole earth shakes because of presence, there's not going to be any death. <laughs> I mean, he's showing up. He's about, judgment's about to take place. So it's not going to be a terror shake of aspect of fright and hide, but it's going to be a, a shake of say, here he is. Our God is here. Because they're expecting this. They, they're not uh, scared of this. They want this. They want God to show anybody here. want God to show up. Because when God shows up, that means something's about to happen. And so when he shows up, he says that, I'm going to let you know that the... Heavens will shape. And, and he highlights something. He says that the nations will bring what? Treasures into this temple. Now, in some translation it says, excuse me, it says singular and it might be plural. And it's kind of hard for many of us to understand. But I want to highlight this, that the, cl- the closest I want us to grab this, that everything's going to be in the temple. <laughs> Whatever it is. And, and another thing is, this: is that did not Jesus come to save the world? And he, said, and he says that he wants all to come to him. And so don't you think that the magnacy of his glory, of his divinity, that it's going to attract all to come to him? And so what he's highlighting this again, what does it mean to us? It means to us this, that when we just simply do what God calls us to do, he'll take care of the rest. When we we want to see people to know Christ and to love him as we love him, we don't have to persuade them. We don't have to convince them. We just got to do the work he calls us to do, and God can do the attraction and the pulling. And he's pointing out to them again, it does not matter how great and beautiful the temple is going to be. As long as I'm there, people will come. Sometimes we want to make church into an event and think entertainment's going to bring people. Entertainment will bring people, but they won't stay. And just as you go to the movie theater, you don't stay there. You go there for your entertainment, and then you go back home. And you come back once, there's something else you want to see there to entertain you. You don't come back every time. You just come back if there's something there to entertain you. God is not here for entertainment. God made us for his glory. And he's called us to do great work. And so if we start looking at our current situation and realize that if our life is in shambles, go back early in this text and realize, have I misplaced my priorities? If God is not first in my life, and He's not first, that means He's out of order, and if He's out of order, my life is out of order. And if my life is out of order, the only way for it to get back in order is for me to start with the first step. And the first step is first put God first in my life. And when I put God first in my life, then I'll be open up to hear from him. And when I hear from him, I said obey him and fear him. And when I obey him and fear him, I start seeing him giving me blessings that I did not see in the past because in the past I was being rebellious and disobedient but presently right now I'm trusting him to make my ladder to be greater
1: than my former. Trusting God to do a new thing in my life telling me to be strong and to be of good courage knowing that he is with me and since God is with me who dares stand against me so I'm going to keep on pushing I'm going to keep on fighting I'm going to keep on running this race knowing that my God is able to do something amazing in my life. He can shake the earth. He can shake the waters. He can shake the heavens. But guess this, I won't be shook. Because I'll stand on the promise of my God.
0: Because you know, when his kingdom comes, that won't be shaken. Oh, his kingdom is stable because he is the rock. And when we stand on the rock,
1: everything else may stumble, may tremble and fall around. But yet our God lets us know that we can be still and know that he is God.
0: (laughs) Check that verse out. We'll go back to Psalm 46. It opens up the mountains tremble, rocks tremble. There's an earthquake coming, but at the end it says be still. So you understand here that when we can be still and look and trust in God and do what he calls us to do, he is starting to work out the things
1: that he's already has
0: planned for us. Do you understand that God has plans for you? Do you understand that he's already hooked it up for you to receive everything that he has for you, but yet you have to follow the instructions? There's no shortcut. You have to follow the instructions. And look what he encourages them. Look at the encouragement that not only will my, my presence be there, my glory will be there. He says, I will fill this place with my glory. And you understand that. They understand that part, to fill this place with his glory. Because in, in Second Chronicles 7, chapter verses 1 through 3, after Solomon uh, dedicated, it says this, this way. It says, Well, now when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven. Oh, glory. And consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. The priest could not enter into the house of the Lord. Because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. All the sons of Israel seeing the fire come down. And the glory of the Lord upon the house. Bowed down on the pavement with their faces to the ground. And they worshipped and gave praise to the Lord saying truly he is good. Truly his loving kindness is everlasting. He's pointing out to them that I feel this place in the latter days. In the former, I'm going to fill this place again. Y'all see that? He says, I, I will shake the nations and treasure it. All the nations will be brought to this temple, and I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then the silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this, pack, in this place, I will bring what? Peace. I, the Lord of Heaven's armies, have spoken. Do you understand that the latter glory is going to be greater? How can the latter glory be greater?
1: Ooh. ooh we.
0: I told you it's a glimpse of the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Hebrews, it says that Christ was the, gra- the exact image, representation. Of God's glory. Philippians writer tells us that he being in the form of God thought it not robbery to come in the image of man. John, the gospel of John writer says that we beheld his glory. And mercy after mercy came after him. They talked about how his glory was present here in flesh. Even that. Some of them, uh, the text says that they kind of fell asleep when they went up to the mountain and then they woke up. They saw this glorious place. They said, oh, it's good for us to be here. And and Cassius, Cassius, the glory was so good, they didn't want to leave. They said, should we not make some booths, some temples, some house, some abodes that we might stay here? Basically, they didn't want to leave this place, but he let them know, no, we gotta, we got to go back down. But yet we're seeing here that the ladder is going to be great. How's the ladder going to be great? Because one day he's going to show up again. With all authority and all power, the world will be at its end, and his glory will fill this place. If you look in Revelation, it says that there's no need, what, for a sun or a moon. No light is needed because the God of light is present. His glory fills the
1: temple. Then Isaiah says, I see the Lord high in his heart, his glory filled the temple. We will see his glory And
0: God points out to them, so don't get caught up with this current temple situation, that you don't have enough gold, you don't have enough silver to adorn it and make it as beautiful as King Solomon has, because why? The silver is mine. The gold is mine. What does that mean? That means this, that you don't have to bring stuff to me to make me happy. I've already got it. So what does that mean to us? That means this, that you don't have to pay God off. Mm. Mm. to get you a blessing. God doesn't need that. What he needs you to do is what he already told you to do. Look what he told him. To. I brought you back to build the temple. Go up to the tree, go up to the mountains, get some wood, bring it back down, start building the temple. Oh, you're standing before and I can see that you're looking, and says, Man, this is a daunting task. How can we ever have the resources? Great King Solomon, because he was the richest king we ever had. How can we have all the resources he has to bring in all this gold, all this silver, all this fine jewelry to decorate this temple? God's letting them know you can stand here presently and look back at your past and
1: find out it doesn't measure up to what your curse. Circumstance, but listen here, I'm still the same God. I am present with you. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Your latter temple is going to be more glorious than your former temple. Help me tell three people, your latter will be greater. Stop worrying about the past. Stop worrying about the present, but start worrying about how God is going to move you into the position He wants you to be.
0: So my question today, are you his? Because if you're his, then then he can say, you're mine. He can go around and say, Kenny is mine. Ed is mine. Kyle is mine. Ella is mine. Ed is mine. Woo! And and you are his. What's what's that mean? That means you are great. (laughs) And you are greatly blessed. And you are greatly covered. How is this grad that I am his? How, how are we his? Jesus says that he has given me his sheep and I have
1: not lost not one. Why is that, Jesus? Because they're mine. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Anybody here been redeemed by the blood? of the Lamb. Oh, good God from Zion. I want you to understand that if you've been washed and, and by the blood of the Lamb, you are His. And if you are His, your ladder will be greater. So don't get caught up how things aren't as good as they used to be. Your present situation not the way you want it to be. But know that He's still on the throne. And one of these days, He's going to come back with all power in His hands. And He's got greater blessings for you.
0: So, just do the work he's called you to do. (laughs) Who Just do the work he's called you to do. Know he is with you. He has empowered you. He has equipped you to do great, awesome, amazing things. All for his glory. All for his glory. And your ladder, it will be greater. Because we're in him. And he said it, the, the latter glory is going to be greater than the former. And we will see it. And we will see it. Let's turn to the Lord. We come to you right now. We surrender to you right now, our God. We Thank you, Lord, that you are our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? For you are the strength of our life. Whom shall we be afraid of? We thank you, God, that we can be strong and courageous in the power of your might. That we can stand in the midst of the enemy, doing all that we can to stand, and we can resist him, and he will flee as we stand on your promise. Your promise is that we are your children, and you are our father. We thank you for the gift of adoption. We thank you for the blessing of salvation. And the gift of redemption. great is your mercy towards us, O God. And Father, Lord, we can never repay you. For you own the cattle of a thousand year, The earth and the fullness thereof belongs to you. But Father, we also realize you bought our lives with the price of the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we give our life away to you. So that you may use it for your glory, Lord, and for your honor. And, Lord, our prayers that we may see the great blessings that you have in store for us as we surrender our lives to you right now, God. Father, Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and say, Lord, I pray right now that they can confess right now and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he did die on the cross for all of our sins and that you did rise from the grave on the third day, and you are high and lifted up above the earth. We thank you, Lord, that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but great is your salvation towards us, that we all are saved through our Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ. Minister to us right now, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.